0: and welcome back to the Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb V. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. I am joined, as always, of course, by my good friend Greg, who you can follow at X Maserati. We'll put that in the description. We are not alone for the Season 2, Episode 1 premiere of the Grave Consequences Podcast. We are joined by my good friend and co-host of Eddie and Caleb's hero cast. We are joined and you just heard him last night when we reviewed Electra as god awful and pointless as that was. <laughs> My good friend Eddie C85, that's E D D Y C 8 5, uh Eddie Cornelison, I guess is his shoot name. I guess I could have said that earlier, but whatever. Now you're doxed Eddie and welcome to for your very first time and our only our second guest in the history of this podcast welcome to the grave consequences podcast
1: well thank you thank you for having me
0: yeah well you know it's like th- this was you know it's a premiere it's important we gotta we gotta pull out the big guns you know and i'm like okay pulling out eddie cornellison right now right away uh greg i haven't let you speak yet uh and now you can man honestly it feels great to be back and recording it really does
2: I mean, it's we're getting back into the groove of things. I'm I'm trying to uh, do some new things. Maybe get us a new icon, new image, new avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, probably want to try to. Normally we pay a guy to do it, but uh, I want to try to do it on my own. Come up with something a little bit newer to commemorate the new season. Uh, it won't be ready for when this drops, but you know, I, I that's something I'm going to be working on down the pipe. Um, I think we 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 talked about putting out an episode where we talked about. All the things we learned our first season, doing a, a full season of uh, a podcast, we never did it.
0: <laughs> hey, that's fun. You know what I learned? I learned that it takes time.
2: It takes time. Never commit to anything unless you're absolutely going to do it, as in that episode. I don't, I don't even know if we brought it up on the air. If we did, let's pretend like we didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be a little bit more, I, I don't want to use the word professional, but you know, a little bit more uh, like we belong.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? Regardless of the lack of people that 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 did not vote for our card in the social suplex fantasy draft, which, by the way, go screw yourselves. You picked the wrong card when you didn't pick us. But regardless of those people, we friggin' belong. Here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, some would say this network doesn't exist without me because the second show on this network that was not One Nation Radio, I was one third of that podcast. You know, and that show kind of helped inspire the existence of Keeping It Strong Style, and then from Keeping It Strong Style came Ricky and Clive, and came you know Eight Bit Suplex and everything else we've had here on the network. And so you can, so we we damn sure belong i am you know i I love to troll from time to time but in all seriousness i know we belong
2: well as i i said i even said in the group chat and i said to everyone like i was really proud of my card even though we didn't get a lot of votes like at all yeah uh, i'm gonna chalk that up to an audience like we don't really have the audience everyone else has no and i i was thinking about it for well you uh, can
0: say that but like i think and i'm sorry to cut in as i always do hey first cut into the season Um, I I don't know that it was the audience thing because 8-Bit got the win and their listenership, I think, might still be less than ours. Probably since we took the month off, but.
2: Are you sure about that? Because I think he does, he does better than us normally, doesn't
0: he? Uh, there for the longest time we were doing just a smidge better.
2: Really? Wow. Well, I mean, audience as in size, but I also think in taste as well. And I don't mean bad or good. I just mean like me and you will watch a match. And I think I have a reputation as for I'll appreciate certain things in a match that no one else will see, uh, like certain kind of psychology or a certain kind of story they're telling. And I'll be able to appreciate it more than someone else would. And I feel like, and I've felt this way. for. I don't argue with people on wrestling stuff online because people just, even even if someone like you and James will both find someone, even though I think you and James have different tastes in wrestling, both of you can go online and find a, a take that you're like, man, that's the worst take I've ever seen. And you'll both agree on that same take being terrible. Like there's some interesting tastes. There's some tastes that don't make sense. I mean, uh, I, I I think I had to like realize like, wow, like I think our card was very interesting and how a lot of, you know, juxt- juxtaposition, like, like a lot of interesting matchups, but Everyone else, uh, I think, that was voting kind of just wanted standard, you know, top name versus top name, if, if, you know, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But enough about our sour grapes, about how we got screwed by the voting contingency. By the way, thank you to the five people or six people that did vote for us. It's very appreciated. But let's talk about Lucha Underground here. And before we get into the episode, Eddie, I want to ask you, um, were you watching season two as it was airing?
1: Yes, I was. So I first got introduced to Lucha Underground during season one. I did not have El Rey, Mm -hmm. but a friend of mine did, and he kept raving about it. And I went to his house, I watched it, and like the first five minutes, I was like, I don't get it. This sucks. It was a backstage segment with uh, Johnny Mundo and I think Alberto Del Rio, which I'm already (laughs) I'm already out on, but and uh, I'm watching it and, you know, I'd never seen anything like this before. So I'm thinking, like, why are they filming it this way? Why are the wrestlers not acknowledging that there is a camera there? Why are they acting like this is a movie? This doesn't make any sense and then my friend was like no no this is how it is it's like the backstage stuff is like a tv show and i was i started as i watched the episode i started to figure it out watched a few more i was like okay this is pretty good and then he had like a big he was the only one with the uh, el ray and he had like a big season 2 premiere so i do remember watching this episode as it aired you know, we got uh, got rid of the music. We got Shao Kahn on the throne. So I do remember this episode vividly. So it was nice to rewatch it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it man, just euphoria that I felt when season two started because there for the longest time, we didn't know if we were going to get a season two. This could have fallen by the wayside much like a show that was not nearly as good, Wrestling Society X, just like that did. And it took a few months after the season, after the first season ended for this to get renewed. So when it got renewed, people were very excited. You know, people were waiting. They were chomping at the bit. What's going to happen? Mil Muertes is the champion. Dario Cueto is on the run. What's going to happen? And then we get our answers. And let's go right into it. Season 2, Episode 1. The title of this episode. And maybe Greg will have an alternate title. Maybe he won't. No pressure either way. But the title of this episode is A Much Darker Place. And this episode was started off. We see Vampiro, pardon me, Ian Hodgkinson in a clinic, specifically the Yusef Floro Clinic, the psychotic break division, which, by the way, I'm sure is real.
2: At least a Vampiro it is. <laughs>
0: yes, still real to him, damn it. Um, the, the, um, What's the what's the word I'm looking for here? But the guy who was analyzing him.
2: The doctor. psychoanalyst?
0: That, that either one of those work, yeah. <laughs> said, Do you know why you're here to, or what today is? Vampiro says, you know what? It's graduation day, yeah. Um, the guy says, well, you know, it depends on my diagnosis here. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Vampiro is given a an antipsychotic called Aro I think I pronounced that right, and I know I spelled it right. But either way, and by the way, I did notice that this doctor, he kind of looked like Gavin McInnes to a degree.
2: Maybe his younger brother. (laughs) I can see that.
0: He didn't have the chin.
2: Yeah. The whole time I was thinking was like, man, we're spending a lot of time on Vampiro. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know they had to they had to ease they had to ease it in on us, you know they had to go slow, um, <laughs> but I was watching this, and you know he says like, "Are you okay? You free to go? You got any problems?" And uh, Vampiro is like, Vampiro just snaps, just beating the crap out of everyone. And as cool as this as this choreography was, the only thought that came into my mind, you know, knowing what I've what I know about Vampiro and having rewatched the first season of this show is this was definitely Vampiro's idea.
2: Yeah. Or at least he, he, uh, got into people's ears. And I, I think I remember, uh, we, I was listening to, um, Conan and he was talking about some of the problems with what led to Lucha underground's ultimate demise was, you know, people getting into other people's ears, people finding out people were fans of them and then taking advantage of that to get more time. I mean, Vampiro does have a major storyline going throughout it, so I didn't... I'm not actually really complaining that much, but you just can't help but think about, like, okay, we are kind of spending a lot of time on an announcer. Uh, Yeah. You have Puma, you have Pentagon, and it it makes it more clear, like, why they don't open with them right off the bat, but it's just one of those things where it just nags it. It's not like a real, you know, mark against it. It's just like, man, uh, you can see where vampiro was getting some love from the creative talent
0: <laughs> for sure for sure and so you know we snapped back to reality and none of that actually happened you know vampiro wasn't breaking arms he wasn't biting people he just says yeah i'm good i'm good
2: maybe it was a commentary on how vampiro views the world and how the world actually is maybe it's just really meta like that
0: <laughs> yeah maybe that's it um and the doctor says, you know, do you have anyone here to pick you up? Of course he does. He's got Matt Stryker. Uh, but I have a question. Why was there, a like, a tarp over Matt Stryker's car?
1: And why was it in the middle of the desert? Mm-hmm. Well, as someone who drives a nice car, I can answer both of those questions. Mm. Uh, number one, he had to park it in the desert, so he didn't have to park next to someone so avoid any door dings. And in the desert, a lot of sand that can be... That could damage a paint job, so he wanted to keep it covered. Plus, it was uh, there was no top, so you don't want any sand in the interior. So, Matt Stryker, just a, a thinking man. Damn, that's a real answer, too.
0: That is. Mm-hmm. And I would
2: like to think that Matt
0: Stryker made Vampiro walk to his car from, like, a great distance.
2: Wouldn't that's you? What? Yeah, yes. of course. He's not digging my car for Vampiro. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can walk. You crazy bastard.
0: And, uh, you know, Vampiro says, like, are we still doing the thing? And Matt's like, yeah, we are, but it's different. It's a much darker place.
2: And don't forget the psychoanalyst told him that he has to avoid places that trigger him to violence.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So he's immediately going against the doctor's orders.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Who, by the way, Greg. Mm who was in the former office of LFA
2: Ah my future wife Katrina has mm-hmm. now taken charge of the temple and our buddy Mill who has now made a throne and uh, I'm not sure if you remember this but they had a comic book in between the seasons Yes and yeah those that throne is made up of a pile of bones from the previous uh band with uh, the guy the,
0: from the guys who um uh
2: with M. Bison not, whoever did they were not
0: come back from the first season.
2: Oh, it was Mexican Budweiser. Dubweiser. Dubweiser, excuse me. Uh, but uh he killed that, them and made a, uh, a thrown out of their bones.
0: By the way, no, not not out of their bones necessarily if I'm not mistaken, but right. uh definitely definitely Big Rick's bones for sure.
2: Oh, Big Rick died too? Yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah, he was written off because of uh he retired.
2: Oh, I didn't know it was supposed. To... See, did they ever announce that he was the in the show? Did they ever make that clear?
0: No, that was just like a little detail, a li- little bit of fan service in the comic book. That's all.
1: Oh there, man, there's an Easter egg later of him as like a missing person on a wall. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention that. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but... Oh, you're fine.
2: We do. We we break our own rule about spoilers all the time.
0: We we try not to try not to be like, hey, this was the main event of Ultima Lucha Dos. Like, don't do anything like that. But uh.
2: Big Rick on a milk carton's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, but, you know, Katrina is in the, in the former office of El Jefe. And who should be the first person to confront her? But, of course, our reigning Gift of the Gods holder, Phoenix. And he says, I'm back, and I'm coming for Mil Muertes and his title. And Katrina says, you know, you got to wait a week. you got to wait until next week. If you still have that title. Because there's a man who's been hunting you for months now. King Cuerno, and he informed me he would like to challenge you for the gift of the gods, and she granted the match. So she granted us the privilege to see Phoenix versus King Cuerno. Very excited to see that, for sure. And, And you know, it's
2: very interesting, because it's kind of teaching us a lesson to not piss where you eat. Yes. Uh, Because she's an estranged ex, and now she's using her power over him. Uh, It's technically, it could have been a Me Too moment for Phoenix. He could have really he could have Doxed her, got her canceled. But this is before all this happened, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He could have got her canceled from an (laughs) underground fight
2: club. Exactly. I'm glad you're on the same page as me.
0: Yes.
1: That doesn't seem like a place with an HR department, though.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, I think the HR department is Matanza.
1: (laughs) He might be more
2: helpful than my HR department.
0: Oh, wow. Shots fired at Redacted Incorporated. Boom, boom. Um, <laughs> by the way, she also warned us, and you alluded to she also warned us that Mil Muertes would be watching, and that's when we cut to Mil Muertes on a throne. Excited.
2: And he's Man. definitely given off those, like you said, I think, Eddie, you said earlier, Shao Kahn kind of vibes, where he's all, he's just this big-ass blast boss on his throne watching the other contestants fight before they get a opportunity to come at him.
0: And you know what? Like, I get it. Like, we'll find out later why he's in his gear. But, like, from watching, like, those uh, promos towards the end of the season, like, bro, Mil Muertes rocks the shit out of a suit. So I kind of wish he was in the suit at the, you know, during this episode. But I get why he was not.
2: I get it, too. But, like, I just like when Over the Top is done correctly, mm-hmm. especially on this show. I, and there was a comment in our people were making before where they're like, well, what do we do next in WWE? And I was like, why don't we have Goldberg come and you know, <laughs> pin the fiend again. And I'm half joking, but you know, it, I just wish other promotions would just go crazy sometimes and just have some wild shit happen. Like that's, what's kind of missing sometimes. It's just have something crazy happening. Like right, we open with a guy sitting on a throne of bones. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you, know, you can, you can go over the top, just make it entertaining. Mhm.
0: So after that, you know, that cut to Mil Muertes on the throne, we hear the crowd chanting Lucha, the familiar chants of Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. And Matt Stryker does his intro for the show. and He thanks us, the believers, because he says, without us, this is not possible. Them coming back is not possible. And you know what? He's not wrong. Because without that outcry, because you know what? El Rey Network... Nobody had El Ray Network at the time. I was one of like 10 people. Um, so not a lot of people could watch this show. But those that did were so passionate about it that El Rey Network felt compelled enough to renew it for a second season.
2: And I'm glad they did. I mean, we got a few more seasons after this, but mm-hmm. it is a shame. It's it, The network itself kind of hurt the show. Like, oh, absolutely. The show The show helped the network, but the network didn't help the show at all.
0: Yeah, I said before on this very show that probably the second most viewed, and this is just me rambling, I could be completely wrong and off-base, I haven't done the research, but I'd be willing to bet From Dusk Till Dawn, the series revival, was probably their second most watched show on the network. Behind this, and I'd be willing to bet the most watched episode of From Dusk Till Dawn was either, of course, the premiere the series premiere, or the episode where Brian Cage was a guest star.
2: Yeah, I'd say you're probably right.
0: Like, that's the kind of clout you're getting from this, oh, this, you know, this this gross wrestling promotion, because we know how much television hated wrestling, or hated wrestling at the time. This was not 2018, you know, when maybe if Lucha Underground came around a few years later, they'd still be around and still be thriving. But, Unfortunately, they may have been a little bit too ahead of their time, but either way, enough about that, because our first match of the night, by the way, Katrina came to the ring, compelled Melissa Santos to come to her. Katrina whispered something to Melissa. Melissa then introduced us to the first match of the night, which was Phoenix versus King Cuerno for the gift of the gods. If I had two words to describe this match, I would say amazingly physical.
2: Amazingly physical, tons of hot spots. Like, I didn't even write down any of the psychology or the story. I just wrote down, like, and we tried to avoid this. We tried to avoid just going, you know, play by play. But, I mean, with Phoenix, he was doing some wild shit. Dude, like, he, he
0: he Irish whips uh, Cuerno towards the, from one corner to the other, runs right alongside with him, and boots him in the face with a Yakuza kick.
2: Dude, it was great. I mean, and they started off with some very technical uh, mat wrestling too, Lucha based mat wrestling. So even if you're a technical fan, like if you're someone that doesn't like just, Oh, I don't like high spots. I like story. I like, you know, technical wrestling. you had that in the beginning of the match. Like it's, it, it had a good pace and it, and it just only amped up as it went on. So it wasn't like they just went out and started doing their finishers on each other. They, they eased into it at first, but then Phoenix is not human. So you know, it only lasted for so long. I mean, one of my favorite spots was, uh, what did he do? He he actually did a... He jumped from the top rope, did a flying arm drag after he springboarded onto the top of the turnbuckle. Like, he didn't climb. He springboarded, then jumped into the arm drag. Like, it's a lot of work for just an arm drag, but it looks pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, no. Sorry, Eddie. What did you think of this match,
1: pal? Well, you know, I don't want to go move by move. It was great, but I... What was I'm trying to get my timeline straight? So Sunday night, I watched a little bit of Hell in a Cell. It was the first WWE I'd watched in a few weeks, and I caught the end of uh, Cesaro Rollins, pretty good. And then you know the hockey game was still in intermission, so it's like, of course, I get the Alexa Bliss match, and I watched a little bit of that before I'm like, no more. But it was like, God, these camera cuts suck, and. The very next night, watching Lucha Underground, I was like, man, I forgot so much how much I love the uh, filmography of this and like the way it's filmed. I remember there was a what is the dive that Cuerno does, the Spear of Destiny or Arrow from Hell. (laughs) Yeah, the Spear from Hell, Spear of Destiny.
0: Spear of of Destiny is a reference to uh, Constantine, which we just reviewed.
1: Ah, okay." yeah um but yeah they there was a the, the camera just catches as uh, he flies right over it and i'm like man i've and i i forgot how how good looking this show is is the way it was shot and it just made me uh hate the constant camera cuts uh even more so and and
2: they do make it i like what about the cameras uh the way they shoot it is that they they give it like a gritty effect sometimes with certain angles yeah and even the the one I like is when they – they don't do it often, but the one from the very top, where it looks straight down. They yeah. didn't do it this show, but every once in a while they do it, and it looks pretty awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, at one point, Phoenix hit a step-up course crew plancha. Even just saying that out loud is just like, what the hell? Ray Phoenix, he's not human. <laughs>
2: Yeah, any of his moves require like 3 nouns and 5 adjectives to describe yeah. at least.
0: Oh my god.
2: I mean, this was the, probably the best match to start off the season with.
0: Dude, this was uh, this is the polar and exact opposite of Chavo Guerrero versus Blue Damon Jr.
2: Yeah, I'd say <laughs> so.
0: Oh my god, but all of that and it doesn't matter cuz Queen Cuerno king cuerno just outpowers ray phoenix he hits thrill of the hunt now granted that doesn't win the match but it takes a lot out of him and king cuerno does win the match and become the new gift of the gods holder off of a new inventive like pile driver
2: i was actually kind of hoping you would find out the name of it because it's we've seen it before all time like especially on indies Uh, I think AUW will do it a few times. I mean, they had Phoenix, like, just going full offense. Like, it was mostly Phoenix doing offense until Cuerno uh, was able to weather the storm, and he trapped him in this kind of cradle-tombstone pile driver that once he hit him with, it was super believable that no one should be able to kick out of it. Like, he's just, he's he's his arms are pinned in a way that he can't really, you know, get his shoulders up, and he got dropped on his head. So everybody should lose from this move. So it didn't make either guy look weak and they all look strong in the end as well.
0: And that's the thing is like Lucha underground will have these and not a lot of companies can do this nowadays, but Lucha underground will have these matches where they will have definitive winners, but Mm -hmm. no one gets buried. Mm -hmm. They don't have to 50 foot 50 book their way out of something so they can keep everyone strong or whatever. They can have a clear winner, and at the end of the day, no one gets buried.
1: Yep. I think the move, I don't know, at least it's the same move that Chris Statlander uses, and that's Big Bang Theory, but I don't think uh, King Cuerno calls it that. Probably Big Buck Hunting or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, is that what the game was with the uh, rifle in the arcade? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Buck Hunter or Buck Hunt, yeah. That's
2: what we're going to call it. (laughs)
0: that's great man that's great so after that match we get a vignette for the former trios champions you may know them as team havoc but the listeners of the grave consequences podcast know them as jesse and the rippers and they are arriving at the temple of course referring to evil east son of havoc and angelico they arrive and immediately are met by katrina they ask for that no they demand their rematch katrina says no she says, "You know what, Mill wants you to wrestle, but he wants you to wrestle each other." And Son of Havoc's like, "What the hell? We just spent a year trying to become friends. We're not going to wrestle each other." And Katrina says, "You know, you know whatever, but whoever wins this gets to challenge Mill Muertes for the title tonight."
2: Did she say tonight? Because I didn't. I, I didn't know if she said tonight.
0: Uh, she did say tonight. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was not a there was not a switcheroo at the end of the show. I will say that.
2: Wasn't there, were- wasn't there a point where Eva was like, yeah, my leg's working now too? So it's like, congratulations, <laughs> you're not injured.
0: Yes. Congratulations. You're not you're not in a cast anymore. Hmm. Uh, but Eva Lee says, you know what? We're in. And Eva also lets Katrina know that she is coming for her right after she becomes the Lucha Underground champion. That that seems to be a hell of a prediction right there. And let's see here. Oh, no, this must have been when Katrina came to the ring and whispered to Melissa. Because, you know, she does that. That's what I wrote down in my notes. And Melissa announces our next match is a triple threat match for the, uh, the number one contendership. To the Lucha Underground Champion Mil Muertes, we see Anhelico come out, and the crowd kind of boos. And I'm like, are they booing because they don't like angelico or are they booing because they seem to know the score?
1: I I don't think they figured it out yet. But Angelico's kind of a douche. Maybe that's why they booed him.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is he is definitely the and this is a hard thing to do, but he is definitely the least likable of the three. And by the way, it's not a hard thing to do because of Matt Cross. Definitely not. But the other third of the trio. Oh, man. But after Angelico comes Ivelisse and then Son of Havoc. And before we get to that, though, before we get to that, we see Katrina, we see a vignette of Katrina congratulating King Cuerno. And she says, you know what? Don't forget about the deal. And Corno says, you know, you've got nothing to worry about. And neither does meal more this. And then we get our match of the Jesse and the Rippers collide.
2: Yeah, this was a good match, too. I mean, they had a lot of you could tell they really thought about this match and they planned out quite a few spots and sequences. I mean, I think the beginning sequence was them all trying not to hit Evilise and Havoc and Helico trying to hit each other and missing and and still hitting her anyway. And then I think in the second sequence, she switched it up where she made it so even though they were trying to hit her, they ended up hitting each other as well. So she was kind of – she took the, a, lot, a lot of the impact in the beginning, but she started figuring it out and switching it so that they, uh, they started hurting each other instead about halfway through, I think. Uh, yeah. But that's before they even started going into their other spots.
0: Yeah yeah did any spot in particular stick out to either of you?
1: mm not really for me it was I would just say the story was well done that it uh helped put over Evaise as the fan favorite
2: yeah that I would agree they they the way they planned the spots out really told a uh compounding story of her. Not necessarily being the underdog, but being able to win through ingenuity, cleverness. I mean, just the win itself was very clever for her.
0: The win was clever, but it didn't feel stolen as well. Like, she neutralized Son of Havoc.
2: Correct. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't a roll-up or distraction pin. It was, take this guy out and let me pin this person while they're both weak.
0: Exactly, exactly. And we alluded to it, of course, East wins this match, and we'll get to challenge Milmore at this tonight, but... It's worth noting that rumor and innuendo, as Bruce Pritchard would say, uh is that this was this main event that we get later on, Evalise and Mil Muertes, could have alluded to something that's going to happen in the third season, and you can guess why it didn't happen. should be pretty easy knowing evilise It's because she was injured at the time Oh. Yes, yes. But enough about that. Before we get to the main event, there was a vignette where we see three just random douchebag jabronis looking for the temple. But it said 375 miles away from Boyle Heights. It's
2: a strange amount of distance. Very specific, but
0: so what? They were like somewhere in like New Mexico.
1: Yeah, how do you even get that far? And and what was Io Shirai doing out there? What? Isn't that who it was? No, sir! When, she was in Lucha Underground. Yeah, but Later. She was,
0: the, she was not the Black Lotus.
1: Oh, was that who that was?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: well, I, thought the, I, I don't think, know. Uh... They didn't give her a name in the episode. What do you want me Guess to do? That,
0: what? You're supposed to know this, man. This is the second season. They established her character in the first season. They spent way too much time establishing her character. Watching
1: along with you guys, oh, I <laughs> hurt my feelings. Watch,
0: <laughs> you should watch along and listening to the show as well.
2: But watch actually, he he brings up a good point though. Like, is the is her name Black Lotus or is that the tribe uh, I, I forget.
0: Maybe it's both. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm referring to her as Savannah because you told me that that was her announcer name and I don't I don't remember what her name was.
0: Yeah, Eddie, she was uh, the ECW ring announcer right before it became NXT. For what it's worth,
1: but I didn't watch anyway, it. Then. it got she's, unwatchable. Like, <laughs>
0: she's like, oh, you're looking for the temple. Follow me.
1: Yeah, what was she doing out there? Not she's, yet, uh, I... She's the uh, she.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll recap because it's so batshit stupid. And this is why you don't remember her. She was seeking revenge. And this is catching up our our fans from first season. She was seeking revenge for the person that killed her family, uh, which was the which was uh, Dario Cueto's younger brother Matanza. Uh, but he, uh, Dario convinces her that um, what's his name, Dragon Azteca is actually the person. That killed her family. So she kills Dragon Tekka, the guy that trained her Kung Fu. And oh, by the
0: way, Dario, sorry, Dario Quito convinced this to her while he had her kidnapped.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I don't remember any of this. It's it's yeah, very convoluted.
2: She's like the most gullible person in the planet. And she, she works for Dario now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. When does Zio Shirai come in? Later uh... in season two, I think.
0: Eo Shirai has definitely not come on the show at all.
1: Yes, she does. Shut up. Her and um Oh, who's the other one who just quit? Hey. Like a month late. What? Oh, am I spoiling it? <laughs>
2: remember
0: the remember the spoil <laughs> thing? Jesus Christ, dude. Oh man.
2: Don't worry about it. I can edit it out.
0: Oh. Don't don't edit out too much. Don't hurt his feelings.
1: Um, no, no, keep it all in.
2: <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, torn on whether I should keep it in because, um, it actually, Caleb, it actually might entice more people to tune in.
0: Oh, yeah. They... Hey, Yo, know, Shirai was on the show.
2: And, uh, who, um, who's the pirate girl? Um, uh, Kyrie James would get mad at us. Yes, Kyrie.
1: Yeah. Singh. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Mayu Iwatani as well. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh. She, She was uh, someone else on the show. Um, But enough. Enough about all that. Enough about spoiler talk. We have a main event. We have Evilise, the first ever woman challenging for the Lucha Underground Championship against Mil Muertes. And by the way, it's worth noting, Son of Havoc and Angelico were at Evilise's side, even though she had just beaten them for what it's worth. So, you know, good on them to stay, you know, stay tight like that. But it's all for naught. Because Millimortheus beckons the disciples of death, and they almost immediately neutralize Angelico and Son of Havoc.
2: I think they carry them away, don't they?
0: Do yes, they do.
2: Yeah, like big sacks of crap.
0: Yep. Which big boy Matt Cross is not a sack of crap, um, mm. but as as they're being carried away, Millimortheus is holding her in is holding Evelise in full Nelson, forcing her to watch. And he is smiling as well. It was a great touch.
2: Yeah, they're really playing up Mill be just being a dick. Even though the one thing that kind of threw me off was like, yeah, they're doing all this dickish stuff and they're in charge and the deal they have with Cuerno. It almost seemed unlike Mill. Se- this seems more like um, Katrina. So,
0: yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say because like, Mill Muertes being, you know, the man of a thousand deaths, like... He's not he doesn't have a lot of personality to him. He doesn't really get angry anymore, you know, not not since grave consequences, you know. That's true. He's basically like kind of like Michael Myers to a degree. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, at some point, Matt Stryker says Krav Maga. And I was like, oh, like Trump karate.
1: (laughs) Yep, just like it.
0: The way he said ma- Maga, he, did say, he didn't say Krav Maga, like everyone, in, like everyone and their brother says, even non-practicing people such as myself. He said Krav Maga.
1: Yeah. Here's another spoiler. Matt Stryker gets really bad as the show goes on.
0: <laughs> Whatever, dude. I'll have to take your word for it because I don't remember him. I do not remember him regressing on the show.
1: That I do recall. It was... Mm. Uh...
0: By the way, Milmortes spent the early stages of this match working over the lower back. Evilise at one point is damn near throwing live rounds at the stomach of Milmortes and it's doing nothing.
2: No, but she's trying, like they, they they managed to get the crowd behind her, even though she really stands no chance. Yeah. Uh, she's just absorbing it. Very much like a, almost like a non comedic orange Cassidy. Yes.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, as she's doing that, you know, eventually Mil Marthes gets tired of it and knocks her down and does the, you know, wag the finger, like Dikembe Mutombo, but for some reason, Matt Striker calls it the finger of death.
2: Yes, and I thank you for reminding me, because I wrote down the quotes, because uh, this is my favorite part of the show. He says, the finger of death wags, and Vampiro says, the spider senses the fly, which, you know, sounds pretty, you know, wise, like some kind of Confucius sit, but... It is coming from Vamp. Yeah.
0: Yeah, again, I was just like, oh, no, he saw the freaking um, Dikembe Mutombo Geico commercial and decided to imitate it on the show.
2: Maybe. (laughs) Who knows,
0: man? But at one point, Ivelisse gets a hope spot from a chokehold. And at that point, you know, commentary keeps harping on and on about she's going on hope. She's going on hope. They were really on the nose about the hope spot.
2: They were, and they and they they, they did they had the they had a great crowd because their crowd I noticed was was booing everyone that's a bad guy, uh-huh. booing everyone that's a good guy, the, regardless of what they were actually like doing. Because uh, Eva is kind of unlikable. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know? inherently yes.
2: And the crowd was behind <laughs> I mean, her. The crowd wanted her to win. I like. I mean, I root for Mill. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they did a nice job of getting, making it more believable and not um, just, you know, battering and beating the shit out of her, like, again, which they'll later go on to do, but uh, at least in this uh, episode, they did a nice job of the man-on-women match, which is my theory that's probably not much of a hot take as to why it never really got a stronger channel since we were talking about that.
0: Yeah, that that's not a hot take at all. You're Probably 100% on the nose.
1: Yeah, because this was like 2016,
2: 2017. It probably was a, a hard sell.
1: Yeah, yeah, still would be today, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. Oh, by the way, at one point, Lee locks on an armbar over the ropes on Mil Muertes, and Mil just kicks her off of him.
2: <laughs> I mean, he was definitely playing with his food. It It definitely was you know, a uh, spider tormenting the fly in the web.
0: It was, but at the same time, like, you know, that can be kind of foolish because Ivelisse nailed a DDT. I think it was a tornado DDT, if I'm not mistaken. You are and not. Getting,
2: that, was, that was what it was.
0: And she gets a two count of it. I thought the way she was positioned on the pin, it's like, oh, this is going to be one of those where he, like, press slams her off of him as he's laying down. And no, the kickout was super weak. Like, it was barely, it was barely a kickout.
2: He barely got his shoulder up. I mean, yeah. they were really trying to get you to believe she could win. They they were doing their damnedest to make it seem like there was a chance.
0: Yeah, and even more so when Mil Muertes spears Katrina. Like, Ivelisse moves out of the way. Katrina eats the spear. And Ivelisse damn near steals the win.
2: Definitely. That was an incredible spot. The crowd loved that spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's all for naught though, because eventually Mil Muertes he is inevitable. He hits the flatliner, smooth ass flatliner. Gotta love that flatliner. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And he gets the definitive win and retains his Lucha Underground Championship.
2: Great good. match. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I
0: was
1: saying good way to get the new champions some good heat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Greg, what did you have to say?
2: I was just gonna say it was a great match. I mean, they they had, they were they really were building Eva to be something great because she just went through a match like that's the psychology. She just beat two of her best friends, so she sacrificed and she survived, only to come up short barely with Mill, um, you know. And they didn't really bury Mill by doing it. I mean, he didn't look weak, which is really kind of like if I writing it on paper, it doesn't sound like he would look. You know, it doesn't sound like it wouldn't damage him, but. He comes out looking fine.
0: Yeah. No, I mean you hit your you hit your move clean in the ring. You're fine, buddy. You're fine. True. And Mill beckons Katrina into the ring. And she's gonna go for the lick of death, but she decides against it. And she kind of orders Mill Muertes to, you know, do some more damage. And he has her in flatliner position again. When the man who, by the way, gets the biggest pop he's ever gotten in Lucha Underground. This is his best face work so far in the series. Prince Puma runs in and makes the save. The former Lucha Underground champion himself, he saves EVIL, They they walk away and they are uh, you know they are at the steps. Mil Muertes is like waving at them in the ring, taunting them. When all of a sudden, <laughs> the ace, the true ace of Lucha Underground. Pentagon Jr. runs in, hits an epic lung blower on this. And then, at the approval, the specific approval of Vampiro, he breaks the arm of the Lucha Underground champion, Milmorthis.
2: I mean, they just threw everything out at the end. They're like, you know what? Prince Puma makes his ape. You know what? Fuck it. Pentagon breaks some fucking arms. Like they just said, they went all out with the first episode. Like they, they had the surprises. They they left you with like that's kinda of like Stone Cold like coming out of the the beer truck, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they did all this with a grand total of thirteen characters on the show because you've got of course the former trio's champion maybe my numbers are low. You've got the former trio's champions.
2: You can't count, so
0: you've got Milmore at this, you've got the disciples of death. That's seven people. Katrina, eight. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be more than 13. Either way, uh, 14, 15. Damn it. Um, Maybe it was 13. Either way, less than 20 people on this episode. And it didn't feel empty whatsoever.
2: (laughs) No, there was... This is the kind of episode. Like I and I know at the end, near the end of the previous season like where there were some episodes that were a slog to get through. Uh-huh. Especially with um when it was like here's Tayon Blue Demon. Yeah. yeah, like that stuff really dragged. This episode like it's a 40 how, how long are these episodes like 40 minutes, 45? 40, yeah. yeah, it feels like 20. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you flow through it.
0: But that's not all. Because we cut back to the temple jabronis. They see a a painted on a graffitied um, wall with a luchador mask on it that says the temple. And that's when they meet Dario Cueto. And one of the jabronis is like, you know, I don't know about all this. And what's the chick doing here?
1: That's
2: I what mean, I was wondering. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Like, why is she just standing here? <laughs> Maybe he watches the show. Maybe he's like, "Why is she working for you? You killed her fa- her family." It's, you know.
0: <laughs> what of <if> that <laughs> that <how they laughs> the series right there.
2: Yeah,
0: uh you know he killed your 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 dad or whatever, right? And she's like, "Oh," and just leaves and that's it. If
2: yeah, they were going for like the Disney version of a douchebag that's like, "Oh, women are stupid." Ugh. Like it was it was pretty uh
0: It was literally MC vagina. Yeah. I can see that. If, Eddie, if you don't know, if you don't remember MC Vagina, I'll send you the video. Um,
2: send me a tip because I do think it's funny.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, she was not having that what's the chick doing here comment. She like, you know, messes, I believe like what fucks with the guy's hand, right?
2: She does the Batman backhand, punches him, then does a reverse uh, hammer blow to his nuts and then does another Batman backhand.
0: Yes. Either way, his homies were laughing at him. Dario says, Hey guys, it's $20 to enter. <laughs> a promoter. A promoter's promoter. Um they they give him the 20. And the last guy in says, Hey, who's fighting tonight? And Dario says, You are, and shuts the door.
2: Hey man, he just got himself 60 bucks.
0: Absolutely, he did. And he got Matanza dinner.
2: Exactly. <laughs> he's not a bad businessman.
0: No, and he's not a bad older brother either. Um <laughs> That's the episode um so as always we are going to grade this episode and I thought this was a strong premiere, premiere it's not the best thing they've ever done far from it but I'm going to give this a solid A minus.
2: I'm going to give it an A plus.
0: Okay. Eddie, you can give this up to an S.
2: An S? Yeah. S
0: standard. Oh. Like like top notch.
2: Like so S as if it's breaking the scale like a six star match. Yeah.
1: Ooh man. Uh but other than that, it's like it's F to A, just like grades. Well, I'm gonna have to go B plus. Uh, okay. I wasn't crazy about the Mil Muertes on break. I don't think you Really Well, yeah, I don't think you uh, make your champion look weak that that early. But I was okay with the uh, Prince Puma run in. And yes, that was a great pop one that he probably hasn't gotten in a couple years. So,
0: (laughs) well, to be fair, you know, you you take your shots at WWE's treatment of ricochet. But his in the first season, he was not even though he was the champion for the majority of it. He was not that strongly booked a baby face like a lot of his retention relied on the the intervention of other people.
2: And you know, I don't have a problem with Eddie's great either, because, you know, I I have I give it an A because I am a fan of Pentagon. Like it is definitely clouding my judgment. And yeah. when I saw it and even when I saw it the second time, I forgot it was happening. I popped yeah. because I, I love it when Pentagon breaks his arm. And this is Pentagon like he the best he did was a match against Vapiro last season. This is him going against the top guy yeah. and breaking his arm. So it was one of those things where uh, in the moment, it's pretty awesome. Um, if I were booking the show and if I were writing it, I probably would. He'd, he'd uh, Eddie's, you know, criticism and be like, you know what? This is our, ch- this is our top guy. Probably shouldn't have him injured in kayfabe on the first episode.
1: Yeah. Plus I'm a, I'm a Mil Muertes Muertes fan, so maybe I was a little harsh.
0: No, that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But I'm saying this. I enjoyed the arm break as a guy who likes Prince Puma and Pentagon and Mil Muertes. I liked what they did here. I really did. Again, we're all entitled to our opinion. I thought your B+, you said? Yes. I thought your B+, B+, was a little harsh. But again, you are entitled to your opinion. And before we get out of here, I do just want to say thank you for joining the show.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'll, you know, if there's ever another big uh episode coming along, I'll hop on again. It's fun there to watch. Will,
0: there will be a plenty for sure. Um, that being said, we are gonna get out of here. Of course, we want you to check out all the other great shows here on the social suplex podcast network. There's about eight of them. I can't remember all of them right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, by the way, rest in peace to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. It is no longer part of the network, unfortunately. I believe they have uh, hung, up the, uh, hung up the headphones, so to speak. So uh, shout out to them. I didn't know that. Yeah, they put it in the group
2: chat that you're never in. Um, <laughs> I'm there. I just don't catch everything.
0: Um guys, eight bit suplex, all things elite, keeping it strong style, us, great match generator, one nation radio. It's already said keeping it strong style. What eight bit mid- suplex. Yeah, eight bit. Eight bit all things elite. Great one match nation Gen- radio. One radio.
2: Keep uh great match
1: generator. Yep. My world with Jeff Jarrett. Yes. <laughs>
0: The Kurt Angle show. Um, (laughs) I feel like I'm missing something, but
2: I... I did 8-bit. Oh, All Things Elite.
0: I already said that.
2: I don't know. I think you forgot about Floyd again. (laughs)
0: Look, look, if there is a show that I am missing, I am sorry. I mean no offense. I want you guys to check out every show here on the network. I want you to listen to ours first, though. But I want you to check out every show here on the network. Yes, yes. And after that, I want you to listen to Eddie, Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast every Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite. Wow.
1: Um, we have a wrestler coming, on the two episodes in a row.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So
1: there's a tie-in. And, uh, World a champions week, too.
0: Yeah, six days after this episode drops on July 1st, which, by the way, we are recording on June 22nd. But six days after this episode drops. We will be dropping our review of Sin City, where we may or may not, and I'm not making any promises, may have Greg on the show.
1: Yeah, it's possible. Another yeah. wrestler in that movie. The, really? wrestler, the wrestler.
0: Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. Yeah, see you.
1: what I did there? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm picking you up with you're job,
0: down. Pal. You did a good job, pal. But with that, you know, we've ran kind of long, but it is the premiere and we had a guest. So, you know what? Sue us. I don't give a shit. Um, (laughs) Thank you for listening. God bless you. And remember, if you fuck with grave consequences, there will only be, of course, as I said in the title of the show, grave consequences.